The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! I've got a sound clip I want to add to the beginning of the show. Oh boy. Yeah. We got to get Greta Thornburg going, How dare you? How dare you? Is it going to get us in trouble? It's like, Shut up, you little punk. <laughs> Go play on the playground. Stop lecturing the rest of us. How dare you? Little shit. You should get a Tesla. Right? <laughs> yeah, like that's going to save the planet. Oh boy. All righty. Are we up? Are we running? Are we good? It looks good. To All me. right. Okay. Very good. Very good. I'll go on the Facebook and make sure everything is good. Yeah, on the Facebook. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. I'm old. Hi, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here uh, at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I only say it like that because Mike Samad says he loves the way I say Podcast Cafe. You're good at it. I saw him last night. He came to the, um, I don't want to get him in trouble, I know the Chiefs here, but he came to the Team F family dinner for the homeless to kind of like just make sure everything was okay. Yeah. And he walked over to the car and he went, Podcast Cafe! So I know he really <laughs> likes that. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. We've got, uh, now you remember a couple of weeks ago we had the, the four police chiefs. I recall. Three or four. We had four. We had four. I think that's like a summit, right? We had yep. we had the police chief from Boxford, North Andover, Methuen, and Haverhill. And because there wasn't enough room up here on the stage, the first time we did that summit with the same four chiefs, we didn't include Lawrence. Uh, because we were always just doing Lawrence anyway, so we figured yep. let's get an outside perspective. So today, we've got the Lawrence police chief, Roy Vasque. And... Um, we're going to talk opioids. We're going to talk about the murder rate in Lawrence. We're going to talk about some of the uh, initiatives. Uh, I talk to a lot of guys in Lawrence, and they're always afraid to talk to me because they want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're and they're telling me how the morale of the Lawrence Police Department is up. But that's off the record. Don't tell anybody I said it. It's off the record. It's off the record. It's off the record. Every three seconds, off the record. Off the record. Um, they said the morale in the police department is up. They say that the uh, response time is a great is is better. Uh, that the violent crimes are down, and I don't have any specific stats with me. I'm hoping the chief brought some, but um, we're going to talk to him about the murder rate and the solve rate and the opioids and whatever else he wants to talk about. But before we get to that, we want to thank our sponsors. We've got, uh, I actually did write it down this time, Ed. Good. So this time we're not going to... Between us, we can barely remember. (laughs) I'm lucky I can get here. I much less remember what I'm supposed to do once I get here. McLennan Real Estate, uh, Janet McLennan from McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. Buy a house from these people. You know, every year we do a charity bash. They kick in money for our scholarships, and they say, please don't thank us. No. Right? If, if I needed a house, I would buy a house from them. Yeah, you've got to buy a house from these people. And if yeah. you're selling your house, these are the people to call. You call Matt. You call Janet. They'll take care of you. AFC Urgent Care. I just got a text message from, um, from Lisa Williams. We're going to have lunch tomorrow. I always enjoy my lunch with Lisa. She's the best at AFC Urgent Care. And they're located in North Andover, Methuen. Uh, I usually go to the one in Methuen, even though I'm closer to the one in North Andover. Why is that? Because I'm in Methuen more. So, right. I mean, I spend most of my time in Methuen. So, I'm driving around Methuen. I don't feel good. I stop at AFC in Methuen. And, uh, but every once in a while, I hit the one in, in North Andover. I had an abscess tooth on a Sunday. Ooh. And uh, all the, of course, the dentists are all closed. So, I had to go there to try and get some kind of pain relief. 
phenomenal. Marku and Son Towing, uh, Jason Marku comes every Wednesday night, brings hot coffee for the homeless, hot chocolate for the homeless. Uh, Marsan and Son Construction, with all the winter stuff going on in the snow, you might need, uh, you know, get a leaky roof. Ice dams. You got, yeah, ice dams, anything you need, Marsan and Son. And we're trying to get Ronnie Marsan to run for city council uh, against uh, Steve Sabre. Nice. Uh, yeah, we're going to go through his wife, though. She's the one that makes the real decisions <laughs> in that family. Uh, the police union, the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union, this is my favorite sponsor only because it pisses off the 29%. The 29% goes absolutely crazy that the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union sponsors this show. And they've got that fake website that we're going to talk about in a minute. Let me make a note on that, too. Um, Fake website. Yeah, they've got that, that fake news site now. Was ah. he, nobody wanted to read what Tim Wood had to say. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, climate design systems. Nina at climate design systems. Uh, with winter here, you're going to have problems with your heating. Uh, as soon as the spring shows up, you might have problems with your AC. Call climate design systems. And we've got two new sponsors coming on in February. We're going to give them wow. a free plug today. Uh, Horizon Home Care. Um, you know, if you got an elderly parent or right. you know an elderly brother or something, and they need to, they need some kind of hair care, you don't want to put them in a nursing home. Trust me, you don't want to do that. Uh, so they'll go to your house; they'll take care of you. And Borelli's Deli, where I get most of my meats, I go to Borelli's Deli mostly again because I'm in Methuen more than I'm anywhere else. Because you're a big sandwich guy. I get I get my hard meats at. Um, we'll give them a free plug to Thwaites Market. Mm-hmm. So I get my steaks and my chicken at steak at uh, at at uh, Thwaites. And then if I need, like, sandwich meats, my turkey, my ham, my bologna, all that stuff, I, I always go to Borelli's Deli. Uh, got a bunch of things. Let's start with Thuwin Confidential since we started. I know I shouldn't have said the name of the, uh, of the site, but it's, you know, nobody wanted to read what Tim Wood had to say when he put his name on it. Right? He had this Loop Weekly, Methuen Weekly, Methuen Today, Methuen Yesterday, Methuen Today, Methuen Tomorrow, whatever he has. Um, and no one wanted to read what he had to say. So now the new tact is let's start a website and not put our name on it. So people, maybe they'll want to read it now. Now that my name's not on it, maybe now right. people will want to read it. Because you can usually trust anonymous sites. Well, of course, right. And the funny thing is, though, I have a friend who's very smart. He's very involved in politics. He knows a lot of stuff. Shows up at my office the other day and says, I can't believe uh, what they published about Joe Solomon. Can you believe Joe Solomon's such an evil bastard? I never thought that of him. Hmm. And I said, wait a minute. You're a smart guy. Where did you get that information? Well, I'm doing conference. I was like, it was on the Methuen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I said, and you're a smart guy, right? He's like, yeah, I go, and so why would you just wantonly believe what you read on that site? You know it's a fake site. You know what, you saw what they wrote about me, right? And they were all wrong about that. And you saw what they wrote about Neil Perry with the awning. We, he, they were all wrong about that. So why are you believing this? And he's like, oh, you're right. So, and here's the thing, it's because people will believe everything, anything they read. People will, even smart people. They'll so, see it, it's in print, and they'll just believe it. I, I went to this website. Yes. I'm not going to read the URL, but uh, I assume it's labeled Methuen Confidential. Yep. Which then says the stories they hoped you would never hear. Right. Notorious Scandal Magazine. Right. It's the, it's the I call it the 29%. You know, Neil Perry won by 71%. Right. The people who hated Neil Perry because they wanted to, they wanted to maintain power, those people and the people who support them and the yeah. people who were their propagandists like Tim Woods, say Harris, we don't want to mention any names or anything. Um, you know, they're all pissed off that they lost their, their, uh, their, their avenue to power. Yeah. They're all pissed off about it. So they, they had another one the other day. It was just complete. I can't remember what it is, but they had another one right after the Solomon one. It was just completely wrong. 
Oh, it was the pot. The thing about pot, which we're going to talk about in two seconds. I don't want to hold the chief too long, but um, so the city council this week in Methuen uh, considered what the ordinances were going to be for a pot facility in Methuen, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, this is a uh, a policy that was written and put forth by Jim Jujuga in the waning days of his uh, his time as mayor. So I go on this Methuen blah 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 site and. They're blaming Neil Perry. They're like, oh, why didn't Neil Perry fight for this? Why did he, why did he hang Bill Buckley out to dry and, 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 and let him flounder out there not answering questions? Well, newsflash, for those of you who think you're news people, uh, it, Neil Perry had nothing to do with any of it. No. I'm not even sure Neil Perry's in favor of it. And Bill Buckley, the economic development director, has been massaging this all along. He wants it. It's very clear he wants it. And I don't know why he even has a say, but he does. He's the economic development director. Um, we, he actually went to high school with us at Lawrence High School, Bill Buckley. He's a good guy, but it's clear that he wants it, but he's not a city councilor. So the city council kind of tried to water it down and water it down and water it down, and eventually they tabled it. And then this Methuen fake site comes on and starts blaming Neil Perry. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, like these guys have been, they're, they're 0 for 8. They've written like eight <laughs> stories, and they're 0 for 8. Like you couldn't even do that by mistake. No. Statistically, you couldn't, you couldn't do that by mistake. It's almost like they're trying to get it wrong. So I don't know. And then there's another one, something about Jay Bonanno is going to be, you know, secretly appointed something, which is, again is all baloney. And you know how I know it's baloney, the Jay Bonanno story? Because Jay told you. Because I started it. <laughs> I said, let's start a rumor and see if Bethune Confidential picks it up, nice. and let's see how stupid they are. And I just read into Jay outside, and he comes over and he goes, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> I said, "Why?" He goes, "You started that rumor, didn't you?" I go, "Yeah." Well, it's in Bethune, blah 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 today, <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's just a good just just to show how friggin' stupid they are." Hmm. So, anyways, uh, a couple more. Neil Perry has instituted a travel ban. In the city of Methuen, if you're a city worker, you're no longer allowed to travel outside the state without specific permission from the mayor and the CAFO. The CAFO is kind of like the state-appointed person that's overseeing mm-hmm. the finances because uh, Mayor Jujuka mismanaged $4 million. So now they've got state oversight. So you have to have approval from the mayor and you have to have approval from the CAFO in order to travel out of state. And I don't know for sure, but I texted the mayor early this morning. I suspect he's at that, uh, at that wake at uh, that funeral, um, uh, I, I hope I hope that that includes the school department. Oh yeah, because really that's where all the that, that's where all the theft and mismanagement really is. I mean, Mike Simon can cry about the police department all he wants, but there's four million dollars missing out of the schools, and that was as of last year. It's probably closer to eight now, and they're probably going to have to come back for a supplemental budget at some point before the end of the year. And what else do we have? We did the pot facility. I'm trying to breeze through these because I don't want the the chief to uh, to have to wait too long. Uh, North Andover, we've got a North Andover uh, election coming up in March. Those of you who are thinking of or would like to run for Board of Selectmen or School Committee in North Andover, please, please run. Last time we had three candidates for three different jobs and nobody ran against them. Hmm. And all that does is that bre- it breeds inside uh, baseball, it breeds corruption, it breeds the good old boy system, and we, just, we, we need new people. Uh, the Bash, the Valley Patriots, 16th, if you can believe it, 16th anniversary bash, March 27th. Uh, we've already started taking in donations for the scholarships. We've already started getting nominations for awards. We'll have all that stuff posted by the end of the week. And uh, and I've tried to find it, but tonight, tomorrow night, um, it's Ed, right? Yeah. Ed, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was asked by uh, the... <sighs> By, it's not by the owner of Sal's, because that's Mike Agricola. 
Yeah. Uh, but the guy who runs, he I guess he put in charge of like the, they do comedy nights like every okay. once in a while. And I'm trying to find it here because I here it is comedy series at Sal's. So I was supposed to do a comedy routine. Uh. Um, for Lenny Clark, I was supposed to open for Lenny Clark. Nice, about a year and a half ago, and that it just happened. The date of it just happened to be the night after the Columbia gas disaster, uh. <laughs> which means it never happened. Right. And quite frankly, I think I'm the funniest guy there is, right? Because I, I don't even care about this news stuff. I always <laughs> just wanted to be a comedian, so I just merged the two now. Um, so so tomorrow night, so they called me and they asked me. He said, you know, I know you were supposed to do a thing with Lenny Clark and stuff. Would you like to be a judge for a comedy competition at Salvatore's? That's going to be tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Huh. So we're inviting all of our friends. I'm going to be there. The Valley Patriot Bash Committee is going to be there. The Valley Patriot team is going to be there. Um, I understand the Perry team is going to be there. Um, I'm, I'm hoping Jessica comes. I know. I think she's a little mad at me over the whole council president thing, but we'd love to have Jessica well, and her boyfriend come. It's probably quicker to list who isn't mad at well, you. Well, that's I'm true. I'm not that's, mad at you. you got a yeah. point there. So please come tomorrow night. It's um, it's the Merrimack Valley, Mr. Slash Mrs., because we have to be politically correct. It's Mr. Funny 2020 at 9 o'clock. It's going to be a series of comedians. We're going to judge them, and I assume the one that wins is going to get up and do like another routine, I would hope. Nice. But we'll get all the rules for that. We'll post it online. Uh, I think we got everything done. So let's just do a quick commercial. Let's I forgot something, and let's bring up the police chief, the, the Lawrence police chief, uh, Roy Vasque. It used to be Roy Vasquez, but now it's Roy Vasque. Most people don't know that. All right. Well, I only knew that because I went to, I went to St. Pat's with him, and Lawrence High, too. Really? Yeah. Well, and Bill Buckley, too. Most people don't know that. Bill Buckley <laughs> and I went to Lawrence High School together. I don't think I've talked to him since then, though. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed... Make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. I don't think the chief liked our last commercial <laughs> from driving on Lawrence and gets shot and killed. Listen, even in death, we are loyal to our advertisers here at the Paying Attention Podcast. You knew what you were doing. I did, but I didn't think I'd ever be sitting here with the chief while it was running, though. <laughs> that was kind of awkward. So welcome back to the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We are talking about moving the time of the show. I would be happy to take your suggestions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move it to five so more people can watch live and more people can attend. And I know when the mayor gets here for his mayor's report, he, we, he wants an audience that can get up and ask right. questions. We want to do like a live forum type thing. Um, but because we do it at 2 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, we end up with an empty, uh, uh, an empty venue here every week. So uh, when we had the debates and we started at 5 o'clock, we had a full, we had a full, uh, a full compliment here. So with me today, um, Lawrence Police Chief Roy Vask. 
Um, you don't need any big introduction, right? I mean, everybody knows who you are. You've been around now. You've been, you've been chief for how long? Almost a year and a half? More than two years now. Man. More than two years, More really. Third, Time yeah. goes by really fast. It certainly does. Um, I remember how, I, how totally excited I was when I found out that you were going to be the new chief. And I was like all excited. And I'm like, wow, the guy that I went to school with, and he's going to be the police chief. And now I'm going to get all the great scoops. <laughs> and no, it actually went the other way. Because everybody, <laughs> what, what turns out is he becomes chief. Everybody knows that we went to school together. So he can't tell me anything or everybody's going to suspect that it's him that's telling me so it actually went through so now i actually get less information than when john romero was around and i'm still trying to work that out and uh you know hopefully maybe at some point i'll be able to do that without getting anybody in trouble but um what's it been like uh you came you, you you're, you're not new right you were a large police officer you get promoted through the ranks you were head of detectives out of the drug task force at one point correct um those were some fun days i'll tell you Absolutely. uh there were some fun days um and, and then you get promoted up through chief, and you're the most unlikely guy. Like, when I looked at who Dan Rivera was going to pick, and I saw what the, the names were that were being floated around, like, I, I figured for sure you were at the bottom of the list, because you're a no-nonsense, no-bullshit kind of guy. And it's a very political position, especially where you have a mayor who likes to, I know you might not agree with this, but he likes to micromanage a lot of things, uh, former MP, um, hero veteran Dan Rivera. And then I found out he picked you, and I thought, wow, maybe Dan's like maybe 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 I don't know Dan as much as as well as I as well as I do. And so now you're here, and you've been here for a couple of years. What what was it like taking the job, given what was going on when you took the job, and how has it been since? Um, you know, it's it's been a lot of work, quite honestly. Um, first of all, you know, the relationship that I have with with the mayor has been a great one. I, I don't know what's going on in the past or what other people's relationships are with them as far as micromanaging and all that other stuff. I could tell you we have some very good conversations about uh, where the department is or the future of the department, uh, you know, everything from technology to manpower and, um, you know, minority issues and immigration and opioids and all of that. Um, I've never felt like he was telling me what to do or anything like that. So really? He's a smart guy, has a lot of input, and I've, uh, I've quite frankly enjoyed uh, and I'd say it right now. I wish he was staying around for another four more years. I know you really. I don't think that way. I can't wait for him to leave. Well, again, like I think the department has has uh, progressed, um, you know, a lot. And I think a lot of that is based on our relationship, his and I, and you know, um, him funding us, and and also, you know, the city council. They've been great as well. So the first two years have been certainly challenging. Uh, a little exhausting, but um, I think we've done a lot in a, in a quick period of time, and I think it shows in the statistics. I think it shows in the the uh, you know the work ethic of the men and women of the department, and I think we're moving in the right direction. Did you bring any of those stats with you, or did you, should you know them off the top of your head? If I just start asking about stuff, I, have, uh, I, I mean, I have you? a few here. I'm sure we could we can go back and forth about you know overdoses or or the murder rate or the you know overall crime in general. I think there's some good statistics out there, especially the last couple of years. We've been going in the right direction. So good. we could talk about that. Yeah, let's we'll start with the opioid because we had the other four chiefs up here, yep. and they all said that the reports of opioid abuse, people calling for Narcan, people calling about overdoses, the reports are down, but they all said, and, and they all agreed, that it was even though the, the calls for service were going down, but incidents were still going up, and that the reason why there was a disparity is because people can carry their own Narcan now. So it doesn't. Absolutely. So do you see the same thing that, they, that it's actually going up, just that you're getting less calls? So statistically for us, we actually did go up a little bit from okay. 18 to 19, 279 overdoses in 18 compared to 282 in 19. So pretty close. 
That's a lot. And then fatals, we had 27 and 18 and um, 33 and 19. So, you know, right in that area. Wow. But I will full, fully support that. We've talked about this with the other chiefs uh, around the Commonwealth. It's the same thing. We're not getting the calls that we did because everybody's carrying right. NACAN. We could tell you stories of going into places where NACAN is hanging from, you know, uh, someone's uh, overhang there in their, in their room with a sign. You know, wow. use this or whatever. I mean, so everybody has it, and what that leads to, yeah. Wow. I mean, what that leads to is, you know, you and I are out doing our thing, and you have an overdose. I give you the Narcan, and you wake up, and we just continue marching on, and wow. that statistic gets lost, doesn't get reported. So, you know, statistically around the Commonwealth, it's probably going down, but uh, the overall, I don't, I don't think that's the case, and I think the other chiefs would agree that. Underreporting is what's really happening. Does that hurt you guys with funding when you guys apply for like for grants to try and tackle this problem? I, I know most grants they make you s submit all your statistics and stuff to try and justify it. How do you handle that when the reality on the ground you know is different than what the statistics are saying? Yeah, you have to make that case, and I think um, right now statistics we're holding steady. So for us, it's probably an not an issue. I don't know what the numbers reflect in North Andover, Mathorn, and, and Haverhill, and Boxford. Um, they have a lesser issue. Uh, their numbers may be going down, and for them, they're going to have to make their case. But right. for us right now, we've been okay. But I think if it comes to that, I think you know we certainly have to get our message out there that we are seeing something different, and we are obviously boots on the ground. We know what's going on, and you know they need to take that into consideration. Now, in Methuen, they have civilians that work in the police department that go out and do interdiction with people, that do the follow-ups to try and get them into rehab, try and find them housing if they are homeless, does Lawrence have like a similar program where you've got uh, people, health workers that are going out? I know you had Quincy at one point was out there. I don't know if he still is. He is yeah. uh, can you explain that a little bit? Can you talk about that? Certainly. I think uh, you're seeing this trend across the across the Commonwealth, across the country, where we're doing a little bit more. Back in the day, you know, it was all about, and I did it. It was all about make arrests, make arrests, make arrests, and don't worry about all that other stuff. Now we're trying to actually you know, interact with people, whether it's prostitution or, or opiates or whatever, and just see if we can sort of break the cycle. So that's part of it. So we are, we are just like Mathorn, we started our own help initiative, Heroin Epidemic Lawrence Partnership. And we have Lieutenant Dan Fleming, who's in charge of that. We also have a dedicated uh, detective who follows up. So um, them, along with uh, Quincy, as you mentioned, go out and they do that sort of interaction with people. They follow up on all the overdoses that the officers encounter. And again, we're trying to see if there's some way that we can get these people some help, break the cycle. And again, whether they're from here or from or from somewhere else, you know, we're certainly trying to get them help. And if they're from somewhere else, hopefully we can get them back to where they were, get their family involved. And really, that's what it's all about, getting people to help them right. you know, break this, break the cycle. Because we can arrest, we can arrest, we can arrest, and we haven't seen anything to change. And I, I did it for a long time, just making an arrest, you know, daily, daily, daily. And if you don't break that cycle, we're just going to spin our wheels, you know. Yeah, the um, the the Methuen uh, civilians will go to like the rail trail and they'll try and find people who are addicted, try and get them into uh, rehab through a program. That do you guys all use like the same program? Is it all pretty much? Uh, yeah. I forget what they called it. It was like the CARES program or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, one of the things that, that Maya Dan Rivera and I have have kind of parted on was with the homeless and the addiction uh, issue. Um, because his position was, and I think still is, look, a lot of these people aren't from Lawrence. And so why am I going to spend city resources on people who aren't from Lawrence? And when I pointed out to him, well, you know, 90% of the people who live in Lawrence who have homes aren't from Lawrence, um, you know, what's the difference? Um, his position is, well, why aren't the other communities 
taking care of their own homeless and their own their own addicted. And he's right. He's not wrong about that. Right. So because he's right, and, and I hate when people are right when I'm arguing with them, um, <laughs> through them and through in elections, I made sure at every single debate for city council and mayor that we had, and we had like, what, 10 of them, I think, Ed? We had like always 10 debates. Yep. We, I made sure we made that an issue. Why, are, why is it that Methuen's not taking care of their homeless? Why isn't Methuen taking care of their addicted? Um, and now the new mayor has come on board and is actually working on some kind of a program to try and alleviate some of the problems in Lawrence. Are you guys interested in working with the other communities to help them do that? Because, I mean, everything's in Lawrence, and you guys got to deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody needs to do their part, including us. We can't just say they're from somewhere else and be done with it. We need to help them, regardless of where they're at, by the way. That's my position. We need to help people. That's what we're here for, protect and to serve. So regardless of where they're from. But certainly part of our strategy is to find out where they're from and see if we can get that community, that family, that another organization great idea. to help us. And, and if we can get them to that service and have them take it over for us, then they won't come back to Lawrence, and that should reduce our numbers. Right. Um, I, think the, I think what everybody's afraid of in Lawrence is that we become the sort of epicenter for all things helping everyone, right. and nobody else picks up the ball and, and does their part. And I think that's all we're really asking for is that the Methuen's, the Havels, the Andovers, you know, it's great when everyone wants to come here and give their clothing and their food and all that, but then they turn around and leave. Right. I think, you know, and, and certainly you've brought it up before, Lawrence receives funding, and I don't know exactly how that works in terms of because we have a clinic, we get X dollars. I don't know if that's all tied in or not, but I've heard that comment made. But it's. I just think other communities need to do a little bit more. And There's a lot of people here in Lawrence that are receiving services, the great work you guys are doing with, with feeding them and, and and all of that. And, you know, the methadones and the clinics and all of that stuff, that's great. But I think we want other communities to help out so right. we don't become the draw for everyone and just it's a drain on all of our services. So right. we don't need to – we can't turn a blind eye to anyone regardless of where they're from, but I think everybody else around us really needs to pick up the ball. You know, I think that's kind of the message. And I think the people at home need to understand, especially if you're homeless and you're watching this, because it's weird, Ed, every homeless person I know has a cell phone. Right. I mean, they have no place, they have no money for food, but they've all got a cell phone. Huh. Um, and maybe they're Obama phones, who knows? But so if you're watching, you know, people think, and I did a big story in the six months ago, I don't know if you read it, Chief, about the fact that people come to Lawrence when they're addicted, when they're homeless, when they have problems, psychological problems, thinking that Lawrence has all these programs. Lawrence doesn't have all of that many programs. They've got the Daybreak Homeless Shelter, which is literally full to capacity at 55 every single night. Right. And there's 300 more homeless people sleeping out in the streets. Lazarus House will only take in families, and they only take in, I think, two or three uh, in a night. The uh, Good Shepherd Center, we had two kids who were 18, 19 years old last night show up at TMF asking if they could get a ride to the Good Shepherd Center from Mike Samad. And Mike had, uh, unfortunately, let them know that, no, it's not cold enough, they're not open. So there really aren't the services. People think that there's a ton of services in Lawrence, but the services that are being provided in Lawrence, they're all they're way overwhelmed, way, way overwhelmed. Right. And so what people need to do, and I think it's a, it's a good thing that Dan said. I'm glad he was right, even though I hate that he was right. Um, the other communities need to start stepping up. And I'd like to see a regional task force between you, uh, Lawrence, North Andover, Methuen, getting together, figuring out how we can get these people. And it looks like you guys have done uh, have already kind of found effects, right? Oh, you I, find the addict and you find out where they're from right. and then you find the resources in their hometown and send them back. I would say that I think the future looks 
better in terms of the homeless uh, problem, if you will, not to say that they're, they're problems, but the the project, if you will, of homelessness. I think that more communities are doing more. I know we've never done what we're doing now. So that's a positive step. It may not be as quick as, as you want or other people want. They want to see more. And I agree with that. Uh, but I do think that more and more communities are getting on board, just like we are with the opiate stuff, with getting people treatment and all of that. I think Everyone's doing more. I think we just need to do even more. Right. But I think at least we're going in the right direction. But, you know, everyone needs to keep continue to keep the pressure on us. I'm not afraid of that. Um, I just think that, you know, I would love to see more communities do just a little bit more than what I think they are. And I don't think it's enough. And some communities don't do anything. So I think that's a problem. Yeah, there's no real one. There's no one real solution. I mean, it's got to right. be a bunch of different things oh, that people are doing. And it's just like the opiate thing. You know, this isn't a Lawrence problem, the opiate crisis. We certainly have our issues here and we're addressing those. But this is a national problem. If the drugs didn't come in over the border, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We wouldn't have a problem here in Lawrence. You cut off the supply. There is no demand. Everybody, you know, the business closes, so to speak. So Lawrence isn't the issue in the opiate crisis. We have an issue here. But this is a national problem that needs national answers, which is treatment, overprescription of pills. You know, And again, unless something's done about those other countries that are supplying us here in the United States, how are you ever going to solve this problem? Right. You know what I mean? So it's a very complex problem going back to the homeless. It needs to be regionalized. A lot more people need to come together to do a lot more together, you know, power and numbers, if you will. And, and I think that would have a greater effect. So I think you're right on track with that. Have you seen, you know, with the opioid crisis over the last four years, three years, have you, uh, you there's incidental crime that goes along with it. Car breaks, uh, mm-hmm. people breaking into homes, uh, people breaking into abandoned buildings just to sleep or to shoot up their drugs. Um with the with the decrease in oh you guys have a slight increase in calls for services what have you seen have you seen a correlation with the incidental crimes that usually go with the opioids once in a while we have um, you know some issues with uh, and specifically around the homeless and or um, the opioids you know on the midnight shift you know we might have some uh, businesses get broken into but crime is way down in Lawrence I mean you know we're fortunate that. In 2018, we had a 40% overall reduction in crime from 17, and then this year we're down even another 9% from that, which is historic numbers, by the way, the best numbers in over 20 years. Mm So a two-year difference of like 46%, and we can talk about shootings and auto theft, which is historic numbers as well. Mm -hmm. So The auto auto theft is huge. Oh, it's amazing. I remember looking at those numbers last year before the new numbers came out. And, and it was huge because I remember I wasn't all that long ago. Lawrence was the car theft capital, not exactly. of the country, but of the, of world. the world. Imagine that. The world, a seven yep. square mile city like Lawrence, <laughs> it was the car theft exactly. capital of the world. Yep. And now you guys are like way at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, we have, we also had that big, you know, issue nationwide regarding insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. So it's had some serious issues. At one time, 700, uh, 1,789 cars were stolen in Lawrence. Imagine that. Wow. This year, 164. Wow. Of those, 62 were stolen with the keys in them. So if you eliminated those, you're talking about 100 vehicles. So where we've come from is tremendous. And I'm hoping that the residents, you know, at some point start seeing some savings on their car insurance because that's, you know, that's a big deal. It's a huge difference. I remember when Mike Sullivan was mayor in 2004, the very second edition of the Valley Patriot, we did a story about how Mike was fighting the state legislature to, um, to, to petition the state to regulate insurance rates based on um, the with, with the reductions that was that were going on back then right to say listen if, if auto fraud is going down in our community why aren't our car insurance 
bills going down in our community. And they wanted to see some parity with that. Has, has that ever happened? That's a good question. I've been asked that question at meetings, and I've said, listen, you need to reach out to your legislatures. and Maybe you never get, get an answer that, out of any Well, get that answer you for you. Can't time Unfortunately, as the chief of police, I have no idea what the insurance bureau is doing in terms of rates. I wish I did, but that's something that you know their delegation really needs to get the answer for. I'd be screaming if you know if I had to worry about that issue. Right. I was paying X amount of dollars, and I haven't seen you know a reduction in my rates based on the numbers. At least I would want some sort of reasonable explanation as right. to as to why. Sure. I think that's. I moved not, to North Andover. I moved out of Lawrence. I was on Brookfield Street. I moved to North Andover in two thousand one. I'm going to guess, um, and I registered my car. And it was $1,200 less. I moved, sure. and you know where I am, I'm on Main Street, right? Yep. So I literally moved 150 feet over the Lawrence Line into North Andover, and I had a $1,200 reduction on my car insurance. Yeah, it's all about the zip code, right? So, right. Yeah. I so, mean, that's something that we hope to change over the, over the years. It's not going to be easy, but Lawrence has a reputation, and that's part of like you know our strategy is we're really trying to change the reputation. And it's not easy to change a reputation, as you know. Right. You know, once things get out there and things are said about the insurance capital, of the you know fraud capital of the world, and Cothep capital of the world, Austin, by the way, Austin capital of the, the world Austin at one point. World, so, yeah. a lot of issues. So, you know, what frustrates me is being outside of the city and having a conversation about Lawrence where people have never been here, and the first thing they say is something negative. Oh my right. God, you work there, or it's this, or it's that. And I'm like, have you ever been there? No. So it's you know, it's certainly we suffer from a reputational issue, and I, you know, hopefully. It's can, earned, though, with all due respect. Uh, listen, I absolutely. Mean, I, that's okay. what I'm saying. I mean, my biggest, just fight, my biggest fight with Dan Rivera is always, he's like, well, you're making Lawrence look bad when you report these things. I'm like, right, but they're still <laughs> happening. I mean, you know, it is kind of earned. No, listen, there's, there's issues. Again, we can't hide from them. But again, there's a lot of good things, too. And I just wish that would, that the good stuff would get uh, more play than the negative. Because right. negative, 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 just, you know, it is just going to feed Well, the funny thing reputation. is, though, like, we, we put in at least two positive stories in the Valley Patriot for every negative story we put in. And yet we still get accused of only focusing on the negative because the public only reads the negative. They don't read the positive right. stories. That's certainly a problem. On page two of every single edition of the Valley Patriot, we highlight a, a Lawrence business owner that's co contributing to the community. I've never once had an email from Lawrence saying, hey, that's great. You're making us look good. But the minute I report on a shooting, you're, all you do is negative about Lawrence. Why are you dumping on us? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. You were talking about those other websites that are out there and all that. Are there any websites out there that are talking about you know good stuff? Is there a website out there talking about Chief Solomon, all of his accomplishments over right. his 17 years as police chief? No. Right. Why? Because the public loves negativity. They the do. public loves scandal mm -hmm. and any reek of it. So these you know these things are out there for people just anonymously put out things and unfortunately you know I like you think you know say the same thing. If you have half a brain. And someone's putting up things anonymously. They're not going to stick their name to it. Does that give them any credibility? Right. Why would you believe something like that? Right. But, but even smart that's people the way do. The but even smart people right. do because they're reading it right. and they just they read it and they go, "Well, it's got to be true." I'm reading it, right. even whether it's in paper or on the internet. <laughs> and they go, "But but they wouldn't they wouldn't say it if it wasn't true." And then you come to find out everything they said was wrong. Right. Um, just you you don't know you're known as a very low key guy, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about some of the fun parts of the job. I remember before you got on the department, you, you really wanted to be a cop. I remember you came and I was I was already in the process of trying to become a cop at the right. time, and you that's what you really wanted to do. And now you've not only become a cop, now you're the, you're the top cop. What are the fun parts of your job? What are the things that like you go? Oh, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow because. Well, I certainly have enjoyed all the projects that we have done, like trying to move the department forward, bringing back the canine unit, the gang unit, doing the camera project has been fantastic. We have a drone, we have a you know a brand new state of the art command vehicle, all accessible with the cameras and the drone. So we have some serious technology and advancements that the departments had. I've had a lot of fun learning about that, doing all those projects. But quite frankly, I don't like the job 
for all the other stuff, and uh, I would I, I miss going the street stuff, right? All that running around. But as a chief, know, can't, can't you do that? Like that. I remember Bob Hayden you know. would actually be the first guy <laughs> in the door. But way back in the eighties, I mean, yeah. they were doing drug raids on Essex Street, and Bob Hayden yeah. was actually the guy kicking the door in. Yeah, I mean, just so busy with meetings and phone calls and all that stuff, and and things you have to do, all these things. And I'm all over the city, I go to the state house all the time for different things. I'm the vice president of the Major City Chiefs organization. Oh, nice. um, I'm on the board, the executive board for Nemlec. Um, on a transnational crimes committee for the ICP, International Association of Chiefs of Police. So I'm kind of busy all over the place, so I don't get a chance to go on the street. But that's what I miss the most is right. all that fun, being right. a cop, doing what I'm doing is, you know, almost more like a, you know, politician or whatever, and I don't like that. So well, let me ask you a question <laughs> you're probably not going to like. Sure. And that is, I, I see, I go on Facebook and I follow you guys, mm-hmm. and I see an ice cream truck. Yep. And I see like some of these things that you're doing and I just shake my head and go, what the hell is that? Like, I mean, it's, it looks good. It's good PR for like the moment that you're doing it, mm-hmm. but does it really have an effect on crime? Does it really have an effect on the safety of a community or, so, or is it just to make the politicians look good and feel good? No, I don't care about the politicians quite honestly, but it's, it's a two part strategy. Really. When you're dealing with crime, you deal with the crime itself. You try to do things, you attack it, you investigate the crime itself, but you need that whole other side there where you need community involvement in order to really have an impact. You need, we need them to call us. We need them to trust us that if they call us about something, we're going to take care of it. Um, so we need to get closer to the community so we can gain that trust. So the ice cream truck didn't cost anybody a dime, didn't cost any taxpayers anything. Um, we gave out over 3,700 ice creams. And when you give a kid an ice cream, you know, you're making that relationship, that future relationship. You're doing that with the parents as well. So you're just starting a, a conversation with them and you're getting them to feel like you care about the neighborhood that you're in so that they come to you with the problems. Um, so the ice cream truck, although it seems like like a, a marketing technique, if you will. Yeah, that's the way I it is. That's the way I took it. Quite frankly, it is. But this is why I love this guy because he's <laughs> just so freaking honest. But, but listen, it. I'm a marketing major. I was a marketing major before being a cop. But but again, marketing in that we want to gain their trust. So we need a tool to get into those neighborhoods to to just to have a conversation and just asking a kid what flavor ice cream he wants really starts that the smile on their face, the face, the smile on the face of the parents. It it causes that. You know, interaction there. We've done yeah. a number of those things. If you follow us on Facebook or whatever, we're at every community event we can. So it's not just about the ice cream truck. We're at every event, every organization, mm-hmm. because we want to partner with all these people so that they can see that we're serious about what's going on in their neighborhood. And they need to help us help them make their neighborhoods stronger. And without them, we don't want to be just the military where we get a call, we rush in, we take care of the problem, we rush out. And then there's no nothing there. There's no relationship. Mm-hmm. That, that's not. And where a lot of people from in Lawrence is kind of how that is over there. It's a lot of military type based policing, and they don't trust them. You know, so we want to have a relationship with people and spend a few minutes with them and hope that that makes them feel a little bit better about their police department. They'll call us. They'll help us. You know, they'll help their neighbors, and hopefully, we can make a difference. So the one pot approach about just running in, taking care of the of the call. Certainly, you take care of the crime, but you're not really getting to the solution. It's almost like with other things we talk about with opioids and homeless. You really need to have a full-blown policy, if you will, or perspective on the issue, or you're really just going to spin your wheels over and over again. So all of those things that we've done, we've put in place with the community and trying to get to the community is about that second part of the, you know, the strategy, if you will. Yeah, and Tom, nobody's angry when they're eating ice cream. Right. That's true. Nobody's even, assaulting even a you cough. would probably be nice <laughs> enough with an ice cream. If it was coffee ice cream, maybe <laughs> coffee ice cream. Kind and of I'll guy. say, and I'll say this: it's been such a great success. The the community loves it. And I know I, the kids of the Arlington neighborhood love it. And I'll tell you this: we've gotten calls from Andover. 
people in Andover, hey, can you bring the ice cream truck over here, <laughs> Tooksbury? Awesome. We'll we'll rent it from you. You no, know what I mean? Funny. I'm like, we can't take any money. So yeah, you guys could make a little know. extra money for yourself. Yeah, you know, we thought about that. Right? We'll have to, if layoffs happen, we may have to go that route. But right now, we're pretty good. So it's been a it's been a great uh, it's been a great tool for us to get uh, with the community. Like I said, whenever you give someone something for free, mm -hmm. you get that smile on the face. It's sure. it's a win. So um, since you've encrypted your scanner, I can't I can't go live at least chasing police calls. And by the way, you've completely destroyed my life because four nights a week, that's what I did. Four nights a week, I was out doing that. And now four nights a week, I'm watching Tucker. Well, you still have Haverhill and over wherever you want to go up there. Well, know? Haverhill's encrypted, Haverhill's encrypted for 20 years for, now, right? Right. right. Um, and and Methuen, we're going to be doing that. We're actually okay. going to be going into Methuen uh, starting actually this month. Um, but you've offered me to do a ride along. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to, I'd like to do it. Uh, but there's a couple things that, I, that I'd, I'd like to like frame it around. Sure. Uh, I, I, obviously, I'd like to do it on a, on a busy night. Right. And I'd, I'd like to do it on um, with maybe a specialty uh, task force that you guys have or specialty unit mm -hmm. with detectives that are going to be going in, getting a guy, a dangerous guy on a warrant. Because if I'm just driving around, you know, in the past, I would drive around with Jim Razzo and he'd pull over a drunk driver or he'd, you know, just respond to a regular call and we'd go all night without anything really good to report. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'd like to be able to show people the meat of what you guys do now that I can't do it by chasing the, the police calls. Um, but I'd also like to go live, and I don't know how you guys would be able to handle that because you've encrypted your scanner, and if I go live, people watching live are going to be able to hear the hear the radio calls. It's really not about hearing the radio calls. That's really you know a small part of the encryption, but I'm sure we could you know accommodate you and, and make that happen. Yeah, that's not, right. that's okay. not a problem. All right, good. Uh, we have people that by the, by the way that you know with Citizens Police Academy that we run, we're getting ready to do another one. Part of the program is to do a ride along, so they they get that experience as well. And we've had other people from time to time, right. you know, do ride alongs as well. We've had other you know production companies things like that come in, so that's not a problem. So I'd like well, the other thing that I'd like to do is I'd like to do it like on a scheduled basis. So if we if I come out with you guys say we do uh, a drug raid on one night the following month or maybe next month, two months later. Uh, I like to go out and you know, do like an opioid interdiction with the opioid people and yep. just to show people the different facets of the department because my my big thing was before you guys encrypted the scanner was I'm giving people something that's real and it's not candy coated and it's not edited by an editorial board and there's you know there's nobody cutting the clips up. It's real and what people are watching if it's a boring night in Lawrence, they're watching a boring night in Lawrence. Well, well again, I think I think the the negativity to that is or the that the I hear from all the cops is that the only thing that's being shown is that sort of bad interaction you know there's no you weren't covering us with the ice cream truck or you weren't covering us at a community meeting there was no positive interactions being shown it was all like this you know like what you would see on tv and right. again people love that stuff right. don't get me wrong yeah um but you know there was my that, ad revenue that, went up 15 percent and dropped go, so. 20 when you encrypted the scanner <laughs> so thanks i, I think that's a negative part of it you know if there was much more rounded sort of view of what we do right. it's not all negative i think you know, that would go a long way. You know, I hear that from the police officers. I hear it too, but going back to the people who say we only do negative in the paper, I'm there when you guys are swearing in new officers. When the, when the governor came and you swore in new officers, I'm when you guys post the thing with the, with the ice cream truck, as funny as I think it is, I still share it out. So I know they're only seeing the negative that I'm doing, but like the people who only say we do the negative in the paper, we actually do a lot of positive. They're just not seeing that. Yeah, I don't They're think not it's gravitating. The, I, I don't think it. it's the paper so much as the live stuff. Maybe yeah. that's probably what the what the right. issue is. I know. I know the mayor hated it. I know he absolutely hated it. Yeah, I've never had because, a con honestly. I've never had a conversation with him about yeah about no, you. I know. I know he hated it. <laughs> um, so listen, we've got about good. We got plenty of time left. So the murder rate in Lawrence has obviously gone down. The mm -hmm. crime rate, violent rate, has obviously gone down. Yep. Um, 
Two years ago, I remember the number of, of murders was, was it eight? Two in years ago? 2017, we had 11, believe it 11, or not. okay. And I, and I think only three of those were solved at the last time we talked about yeah, this. so we're up to six on that one. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. So is there a way to, to, because we get nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. and no offense to Tommy Cuddy, I love the guy. I went to school with him. I, you get nothing out of the guy. Um, <laughs> never can never find out any information when something's going on. Is there a way to find out, like, when a case gets solved, mm-hmm. Um, or you've, you've arrested somebody. I know something goes up on the DA's website, whatever, mm-hmm. but I can't get the DA to give me any information, right? So they give the Tribune everything. They give us nothing. So if someone gets charged with murder in Lawrence and they get let off, un- unless somebody picks up the phone or texts me and says, hey, I was in court today and this is what happened, I don't know a 